to the Entrepreneurial CPA Show, our special COVID-19 editions. We're still here taking that deep dive in the knowledge you need to break through the box and punch above your weight. As always, I'm Garrett Wagner, your Entrepreneurial CPA Channel host. And because Dr. Sean is still quarantined in New Jersey, locked in a basement somewhere, we've got a special guest host today, Ed Class, Meta Consultant from Sage. Ed, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, you got Sean locked up. You got to... He's self-quarantined, my friend. He's in Jersey, you know, he's, he's in the hub. So Ed, before we get started, Meta Consultant, I haven't heard that title before. What, what does that mean? Well, it's, it's not my official title, but that's what I've been using. And it's it, it, what, what I do at Sage and have done for the last 17 years is I am a consultant to people who either recommend our software or resell our software. So I am a consultant to consultants and you've heard of metadata, you know, metadata is the data about the data. So I came up with this idea as well. I'm a meta consultant. I'm a consultant to consultants, usually about consulting, which is very weird. So you're like the top of the pyramid then. I, it's, it's a, it's a, I don't know if it's a top of the pyramid. It's kind of a side. It's a side of the pyramid that keeps packing it in. Okay. So besides being a meta consultant, you are one of the experts on pricing in the accounting landscape. I mean, you and Ron Baker pretty much own everything to do with pricing. You're the experts. Well, thanks. Yeah, Ron is, is certainly the godfather of the value pricing movement. And I've been working with him in the, the Verisage Institute for the last two, 12 or 13 years. I've been a senior fellow there. And we've even moved beyond value pricing and are now talking much more about subscriptions. So there's a, just, just a lot of things going on. So pricing is just such a fascinating topic that I, I fell in love with it a number of years ago. And, and that's one of the things I consult on too, as you said, is helping people move from billing by the hour to value-based pricing and even now beyond that to subscription-based pricing. So given this change in pricing, we all agree, we, we can't be billing by the hour. So with all this stuff going on right now with COVID-19, there's there's short-term stuff, there's the loan paperwork, processing, cash flow, all that stuff. How should firms be thinking about pricing if they're not going to bill it by the hour? Well, and this is a huge advantage, right? If you do, did have a customer who is truly on a subscription, it doesn't matter what you work on. You know, the, the, the IRS extending the deadline from April 15th to July 15th, which I think was done with the intention of knowing that there were going to be so many CPAs who are going to be helping with these loan applications that there would be excuses for not being able to get the, 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 the returns in. So, uh, but it does it matter? Does it matter that you, you're helping you're helping these folks out? And it's if there was just you they were on a subscription, it would just be part of the deal that you would be be doing whatever it is that they need at that current time. And so that's one of the reasons why I, I certainly love that. Um, you know, with with the subscription model too, if you think about it, what you're really doing in a subscription is you're not pricing the customer anymore, which was the mantra in value pricing. We used to say uh, price the customer, not the service. You're really pricing a portfolio because you're pricing the portfolio of risk that you have. And with the, uh, the you know, you're going to have some customers who are going to need a lot more help during COVID-19 early. You're going to have a lot of folks who are going to need more help later on. So it all works out in the wash. And the, really the focus is on the relationship. How can you maintain that relationship? Very interesting. So if I'm a firm right now, let's say I'm not doing any subscription and really any value pricing right now, though. I'm, I'm kind of still a tra traditional billing by the hour. And I've got clients I'm helping with these loan applications. Should I still try and build by the hour or can I apply some value pricing methodology to it if I'm kind of like way behind the curve? 
Well, Garrett, you can first help me out first and answer a question that I've seen uh, out there, and perhaps you've answered it on some of your previous episodes with other guests, and I apologize if there are people hearing this, but what, isn't there something in the law about whether or not folks can charge for it or not? There is some stuff about an agent out there, and some of the malpractice providers have come out with specific engagement letter wording that takes a more broad approach of like, you are doing overarching consulting on cash flow management, on application process, you are not the agent. They're kind of separating it out, saying, we're doing all this stuff over here, we're not gonna be the agent, and drawing this line, saying, yes, you can charge for all this stuff up here, but we don't want you to get involved in the agent world. Got it, okay, so it, it's clearly a gray area in terms of how that would be structured. I Look, I, I think what's what's probably best for people is just do do the right thing do the right thing from the customer standpoint. I, I, I'm i a big believer in getting paid for your the, the value for the worth of what it is that you're doing with, with the customer. And certainly th these these applications and, and helping with cash flow and understanding what your cash flow provision is highly valuable work. Um, at the same time, look, it's, it's challenging times. And uh, so as I said, with subscription, it would be easy. You could just say, hey, it's covered under your current subscription, no, no big deal. Or even say, hey, uh, it, we're, we're willing to pause the subscription for a month or give you a, a, a reduced pr a promotional price uh, b because of it. But I think with regard, if you are trying to build by the hour, uh, why not at this point carve out a little mini engagement that has nothing to do with ours and issue an insurance policy. Go issue a subsequent engagement letter that is on a subscription basis from now until whenever the, the customer doesn't want to continue to pay it for some price a month. I have $50, $500, $5,000. It depends on you know the, the, the customer that you're serving that says, look, if you pay us this monthly and it's COVID related, we'll handle it. We'll, we'll just take care of it that we're, there's no going to be no, we're not going to track the hours, no nothing. Just th this, this is our price for helping you guys out with COVID related stuff, period, end of story. And again, spread that risk across the entire portfolio of, of your customers who may want to participate in it. Try not to get, get uh, into this, oh, we need to make sure that we're making money on every single per customer that we're helping with this. That's the mindset that really is the downfall of both hourly pricing and and uh, because what it does is it sets you up for lowering your price overall because you're you're so worried about making this engagement profitable that oftentimes what you don't do is is charge a higher price when you could because it's it's all about keeping it even so um, I think there's a there's a little bit of a mindset change so why not take that risk why not go out and offer COVID not insurance, because I think that would probably be a problem with the, with the agent, but let's call it COVID assurance. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Instead of trying to be like, hey, do I charge 500 bucks, 1,000, 3,000 to, to do whatever I'm doing now? All right, small business, you're already short on cash. I'm gonna charge you, like you said, 100, 500, whatever a month, whatever you need from now until the end of the subscription, 24 seven, I'm here for you. No surprise bills. No nothing, mm -hmm. got you covered. Whether it's a loan application, cash flow analysis, budgeting, paperwork later on, you just want to talk because you're going to freak out. I'm here for you. Yeah, uh, and it, you're doing exactly what doctors who have moved into what's called the direct primary care model have been doing for quite some time. 
And that is to say that if it's under, it's under our roof, it's covered and we do it. Now, if you want, Garrett, I can talk to you also about some of the things that some of the techniques that organizations have used in previous times when there have been a, a downfall, a slowdown. And probably the most popular thing that is done is to create what's called a flanking product. And the way that you do that, and you really can't do this with billable hours, which is another reason why you should be off that. But what you, what you create a lower price but reduced value offering that you put out for customers on a temporary basis during the downturn to say, hey, listen, we have this offering. We understand that cash is tight. We understand that the economy slowed down. But what we'd like to do is continue our relationship with you. What we're going to do is in, we're, instead of what we've done for you in the past is we're going to do this instead, which is a little bit, uh, you know, maybe a bare minimum or certainly less than we've done before. And this offering is only going to exist for a certain period of time, whether that's, you know, 12 to 18 months, and then it's going to go away and re, we'll re, reassess the situation. And it's called a flanking product exactly because it's just like a flanking move in the military and that what you're trying to do is keep keep them encircled in right keep the in this case your customers not the enemy but the, the your customers encircled in and inside your organization by allowing them to choose another offering from you at a lower price albeit with reduced value all right so maybe it could be something like hey right now if we're supposed to meet four times a month with our clients for three thousand dollars a month and cash flow is tight all right well we'll drop it to a thousand and we'll meet with you just once a month um so you're starting to say whatever it is, just keep them engaged, keep them there, reduce your price, but scale back the services. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Because you never want to just unilaterally reduce price overall. Uh, you always want to make sure that there's some kind of a trade in there for a reduced set of value or, the, or something back. So that, and that's, that, that's one of the ways that you can do it is to, and here's the thing is if you offer that flanking product, that it, then it is just an offer and they don't have to take it. So if they say, well, no, we really want to continue to meet with you three times a year or three times a month or whatever that number is. Okay. No, no problem, but it's still going to be at the old price. Yeah. And that's better than saying, Hey, I'll give you three months for free, six months for free. I'll give you a, like you said, I'll just purely discount what we're doing. We'll do the same thing. But we'll cut it back. Now you're giving your work away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I never use the word discount at all, ever. I, I will, I'll use what's called a promotional price or a, um, and now I can't think of the other piece. So it's, but a promotional price is a good one um, because what you're saying is it's, it's only for a certain period of time, right? For during this, the period of this promotion. Oh, and the other one is, I'm sorry, a preferred price. We're offering a preferred price to a particular customer because they have done something else for you and we will give you this preferred preferred price instead. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's a good way for firms to get through this and not kind of blow their revenue because firms are struggling like everybody else is during these crazy, unique times. Mm -hmm. So if they try and bring on new clients right now, should they try and they got so much going on? Do you think they should just try and move slowly into, you know, value price at this point and definitely just, Hey, if you're a firm, just cut cold Turkey out hourly billing then. Look, I think this is a great time to do it. I, and, and the reason is this, you've, you've probably heard this analogy, it's been, been used and overused that 
whenever you try to change something inside the organization around a business model, it's the equivalent of trying to change the, a jet engine out mid-flight, right? While the air, airplane is in the air, how do we change the, the engine midway? And here's the thing, the airplane's on the ground now. The airplane's on the, so you, ha you have this opportunity to make some changes, wholesale changes to your organization that you would not have been able to do otherwise. So let's take advantage of the, the, the great suppression and, and, and move instead into to, to that direction. So I think now would be a great opportunity for you to do that. Yeah, I think you're right. So many businesses are drastically changing so much about what they do. You can just kind of bundle that in there and just say, you know, do these truly unique times, we're moving away from hourly billing. You know, it's not working for us, it's not working for our customers, especially now. We're moving to value pricing or subscription services. Here's why that's better for you. And here's our new preferred price for you, our preferred mm -hmm. price during these COVID-19 times. So you can still be thinking about that. Yeah. And all of the things, if, if any of you have heard me or Ron or others speak about value-based pricing it, or it just in general, it, it, the, the key, one of the big keys is three choices. Give the customer at least three choices. Um, and that's where that flanking product came in, which is a, sort of the side fourth choice. But it, regardless, if it's a new customer, you don't even have to develop the flanking product. You can just have the three choices that you're giving them and allow them to self-select into the level of service and the level of knowledge that they want access to. Okay, so we got that going on. You want them to self-select. Obviously, we talk about all the time. Three level of services, it's a huge, big one. But I know one of the pushback I've been hearing from a lot of firms in relation to this, and you already kind of touched on this, is, hey, I don't want to charge anything right now for everything I do with COVID. I'm just going to give it away to build that relationship. I feel like I'm going to just, the customers will appreciate and value me more if I don't charge them for this. What's your stance and, and on look, that? I, I, I think that, that that's a perfectly valid stance. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not against doing anything that you think is for the, 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 the benefit of your customers specifically or society in general, as long as you're doing it with the intention behind it. Look, the, 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 and the reason why you would do that is because that you believe that in the long run, that is going to be that, that, that your customers are going to stay with you longer and pay you more money in the end. So it's not, it's not purely altruistic in the sense that, well, I just want to, you know, I want to do this for free. No, there, the trade-off there is that I believe that if there's this, this perception that what I'm doing for this customer is valuable and I understand that they're in a tough time right now and I'm not going to charge them for it, that coming out the other side, they'll be more loyal to me. And I've got no problem with that, as long as you go into that with a, a purpose, with an intent, and say that's what you're doing. Okay, so you, you can make it work if it's part of your strategy. If you're deliberate with it, it's part of your strategy. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. The other thing I haven't seen a lot right now is different organizations offering to sell firms, here's your COVID-19 package, either for three grand, five grand, 10 grand, or 500 bucks a month, I will teach you how to make money hand over fist with COVID-19 services. Do you feel like that's a gimmick or is that something firms should look into? I'm always suspicious of any get rich quick guarantees. I, I grew up watching the honeymooners and every episode was Ralph Cramden saying that, you know, here, 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 we, here it comes, Alice, we're going to be in the lap of luxury. Um, and I think you've got to be careful of any time that there's just a, a, a get rich quick scheme. Um, I, look, I, I do think that there are clearly tools that are out there that can 
be and will be valuable to customers. I just also know that there's a lot of people out there who are producing them and uh, the behavior for most customers is to, is to seek out, well, if I can get it for free from somebody else, why wouldn't I? Uh, so I think you, have to, you do have to be a little bit careful as to, as to what's out there. Um, look, I will say this, though. Some organizations, some firms are going to make a lot of money during the recovery period from this. I got no, no beef with why shouldn't it be you? if you are positioning yourself to say, here's how I'm going to take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves when we all get out of lockdown. Uh, so I, I think that that's absolutely something that individuals and firms should be looking at or what, what, where are the opportunities going to be and make sure that I am there and ready for that when, when things occur. And I think that that's a completely valid strategy to, to employ as well. In fact, I strongly encourage thinking about that. What, what, where do I believe the opportunities will be? And what can I do right now to position myself and my organization to be in that spot? So Ed, I'll put you on the spot then. You're the meta consultant, you're the consultant to the consultants. Let's say you're an average 30 to 100 person CPA firm. What should you be doing right now to, to get ready to take advantage of that? Well, the, the, and I, you know, I don't know what the specifics are to each and every firm out there. So what I'll do is I'll give you my, one of my meta consultant um, questions. And that is to ask yourself this question. And it's, 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 it's very, let me, I'm going to parse it because it's, it's difficult to, to understand. So here's what I would, would say. Answer this question. What is the question that if you had the answer, would enable you to best recover from the downturn or from the Great Suppression. So what is the question that if you had the answer would best enable you to recover from what's going on? I think what that does is it gets you thinking in questions rather than thinking in answers. So what I have to think about is what is the right question that I need to ask myself in order to be in the right spot at the end? And that, that's, that's really the best thing that, regardless of size, but the 30 to 50 to 100 person firm should really be focused on thinking about that question. Have, have some brainstorming sessions with a bunch of people in a room and ask that question and debate it for an hour or so and see what you can come up with. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense because you're trying to think about what's going to position you and what positions you with a unique mix of customers as well. Everybody's mm -hmm. different. I mean, when you were yeah. talking about that, I was thinking, you know, I think the million dollar question is like, if you could, if I could answer today, when will the recovery happen? But besides that, I'll have to think deeper about that. What's that right question to start pondering? And it, and it, and it's, and it's funny, Gary, I've had this conversation, I think yesterday with, with somebody else. Um, it was just a, in a one-off conversation and we, they came up with the same thing. A lot of people say, well, the, the, the question would be is when is this going to end? And the answer right now is we don't know, yeah. that, which is clear, right? So, you, so the point is, is that if you ask, so we know we do not have the answer to that question. Hmm. Now what? Yeah, I think now right. we're going to start to look, if you, if you feel like that's truly the driver, peel back, what are some lead indicators that say, okay, we're hitting closer to that coming out phase? You know, you're seeing local cases go down, local deaths go down, local unemployment numbers go down, 
whatever it is, what are the metrics that'll drive that around where you live and operate in your clients that you can start to monitor, to look after, to get ready for it. And like exactly. And it's, yeah, it's just continuing to ask yourself deeper questions. So that's, that's what it's about. All right. Well, Ed, I always love when we get to chat, ask some deeper questions, have some fun. Any final words for accountants and CPAs out there when it comes to pricing in these truly unique times? When it comes to pricing, I'll, I'll just say, you know, take, see what we talked about earlier, but I, I do want to offer this and, and that is a, that, that anxiety and creativity are always inversely proportional to each other. The more anxious you are, the less creative you can be. And we can't turn on creativity. In fact, if we try to force creativity on, we make ourselves more anxious. So it actually heightens anxiety. I need to be creative now. Right? So that's, that's not going to be helpful. So what I su suggest to people is, is tr do the best they can to self-regulate and lower their overall level of anxiety. What, what that does is that increases creativity. So I think the best thing that anybody can do, whether it's with pricing, whether it's what should we do with our firm, is first work on yourself, self-regulate. The, the, the thing that we hear every time we get on an airplane, that you have to secure your mask first before you can help others. Make sure that you're securing your own mask. Make sure that you are uh, managing yourself uh, as best you possibly can, especially that level of anxiety that you have. I really couldn't agree with that more. I know my, my daughter's five and a half and I tell her, one of the things I tell her all the time is like take two deep breaths first. You know, she gets all worked up. I can't understand her like pause, take two deep breaths. And then we can talk about it because when you're, you, we all got kids when they're crying and sobbing, you don't know what's going on. They don't know what's going on. It's hard to get anywhere from there. So Ed, thank you for the time. Thank you for being my co-host today. Thank you for everybody for tuning in. Don't forget, you can click to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Stay up to date with all of our coverage coming out. And as always, we challenge you today to take action to change the world and invest in yourself.